You're listening to the Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend Lucas Spinoza coming at you from the Black Sheep Lounge right here in the heart of Welland, Ontario. You are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast for positive people. Hello. And we're here to show you how to use your passions to live your life passion forward. Today, joined, of course, by an incredibly special guest, we have Ms. Heather Kent. She does many things, probably most notably for having the most colorful Instagram in the, wo- in the world, but she's also the owner of Feeder Flower Farm. Heather, how in the hell are you? Super. I'm doing great. Good. Yeah. I, people don't know this unless they watch the podcast podcast that I can't look at the people I'm talking to when I do the intro because I always stumble. I looked at you for two seconds and I almost screwed this up. But anyway, I'm stoked you're here. Thank you for coming here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's really nice. Of course. I actually pulled out the only shirt I have with flowers on oh, it for this occasion. For it, oh, I did. Thank you. And thank you for the flowers. Oh, my pleasure. Usually I do the plugs to people's Instagram and all that at the end. Right but on. I really do think like people, if you're watching this or actually if you're listening to this, you can actually listen while you go check it out. Hey. It is it's really cool. I think it is at Feeder Flower Farm, right? Yeah, it sure is. Cool. Simple. Yeah, so go check that out. Anyway, how does someone find out that they want to do flowers for a living? Well, it's <laughs> that's a really loaded <laughs> question. Um, well, it kind of all started with randomly just going to a farmer's market. I've always had a nice garden, and I thought, like, I need to share these peonies with Port Colburn. Mm-hmm. So we started going to the farmer's market and selling out all the time, and people loved the peonies. They loved that they were fresh cut. That's the Mm -hmm. thing that I caught on to while we were there, that I did not buy them from a wholesaler. They were not flown in from somewhere else. I cut them from my garden in Waynefleet. So we found that that was pretty special um, as far as flower sales went. Mm -hmm. So we decided to just kind of hit the ground running. We got a lot of wedding requests from just being at the farmer's market. Um, And then I realized that my design skills were extremely lacking and I really didn't, I knew how to grow a flower, but I didn't really know how to put them together in an artistic way. So I started going to school Mm -hmm. and get a background in it. And uh, then kind of here we are. And now we are growing on three acres and yeah, our it's That's great. Amazing. It's great. Were you in the same location when you were doing those farmers markets as you are now? Uh, yes, we had the same farm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you started tiny garden, then yep. grew from there. Pretty much. Yeah. That's and really every cool. single year we add more. So already this year we've tilled more fields to do a fall planting mm-hmm. so that we have more flowers in the spring. What What's the ratio to indoor outdoor? There's actually Very well, no, there's really no indoor. Mm-hmm. Um, the only indoor I guess that we'd grow would be in a hoop house. So mm-hmm. it's not actually heated. It's just kind of used for like a season extension. So my flowers come a little month earlier than in the field and then I can extend past frost by a little while as well. So what do you do in the in the wintertime? Well, in the wintertime, there's a lot that a flower farmer actually does. There's a ton of ordering and organizing. I have to plan out my entire planting plan, how many things we're going to plant, where we're going to put them. And then we actually do fresh Christmas cuts. So in the winter as well, we do workshops for wreaths, like fresh cool. cut wreaths nice. and all of that stuff and urns and all sorts of all sorts of things. That's so it's really cool because I knew I, I don't want to say I know nothing. That's a double negative. That I don't want to say that I am ignorant to farming, mm-hmm. but I would say that more recently because of coffee, I've learned yeah. more about how harvests work and how it's so different from variety to variety or species to species. Yeah. Um, and obviously, depending on where you are in the world, changes the, the seasons for your farming. Oh, but yeah. one thing I am completely ignorant to are flowers in particular. Um, you know, obviously as a guy, like growing up, when you first get, you get, you'll get your first girlfriend, you're like, oh, I got to buy her flowers. And you just buy roses because that's the only flower you know. Absolutely. And then as you get older and they're like, hopefully they don't know anything other than tulip or daisy because like after that, I don't know any more flowers. But then, you know, you'll have your mom or your grandma who knows a buttload about flowers. Yeah. But what have no, I've... Um, started to notice recently, especially because of, of watching what you guys are doing, is that there's a lot of guys that are appreciating flowers oh, because totally. it doesn't need to be feminine. Like yeah. it really is beautiful. What's the difference between a guy who has a garden that does hot peppers or pot in their backyard right. compared to a flower? I mean, it's the same thing, except one happens to have nice colors and designs and the other one is for consuming. 
Totally. Yeah. yeah. And like my husband Jay is really into flowers now too. I mean, mm -hmm. he's always been into gardening and we did start with vegetables. That's kind of when we moved to Niagara. That's the first thing that we did. But then I think uh, he's starting to realize that um, you don't even just have to use flowers in arrangement. Like the one that I brought you, it has fruit in it. So there's, um, there's blackberries in it. Awesome. And so um, it gives it a little textural element that's different. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of can make a design a little bit more masculine to use like seed pods or things that aren't necessarily like soft and lush or whatever. For sure. Um, yeah, it brings a different kind of element to it. It's and neat. You, you guys have done an amazing job of branding because I know a lot of farms Thanks. act like farms. You know exactly what it's going to look like. They don't know. They don't do Instagram first off. Right. And if they were to try, you could pretty much guess what the picture was going to look like or what the caption would be. Right. But, you know, you and only one other I know uh, who are farmers and have uh, social media have really nailed that that thing. I mean even your shirt like oh, thanks <laughs> it's just it's amazing because that's the press time it thing, is right? yeah press time's awesome so we had we had Ricky on the podcast too I don't want to segue too much but long <laughs> story short branding's on point logo's great social media is great thank you and I think that's important because just because you're doing uh, something that's in a field that might be considered old school doesn't yeah. mean you have to treat it that way oh either, yeah we can right? refresh it totally and mm. I feel well my background is graphic design so that's what I did before farming so okay. that's really given me a leg up in uh, running a business mm. I have some business experience I have more business experience than I have farming experience so that's really given me a good leg up so how did you get into graphic design then? So I'm assuming part of that had to play with your interest in design and, yeah. and growing things, right? So. Yeah. And I mean, graphic design has actually helped me in my floral design too. So it's, it's not on a computer screen, but it is in my hands and I'm making a design with flowers. So I feel like it, that's also helped me there. Um, but I did work for a gardening magazine before I oh did this. Goodness. I know. This so. is so serendipitous. <laughs> I know. I worked for a small uh, family run gardening magazine called Garden Making in Niagara-on-the-Lake when we first moved here. And mm -hmm. that really cemented me into really enjoying just basically looking at flowers. That's what I did all day, but it was on a computer screen. And that wasn't really enough for me. So that's hence the transition into farming myself and doing my own thing. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like the first time I, I think it was the first time or second time I dropped off coffee to your, yeah. your farm is obviously people aren't going to know this. So I'm going to just say it is when <laughs> COVID hit, we were doing door drops at the black sheep. We're yeah. going from pl place to place, bringing whole bean coffee. So pe people could uh, brew at home. So one of those places was your place. And I, I, one of the, I think it was the first time or second time you had given me a bunch of flowers. And I, that was the first time, honestly, <laughs> where I was like, that's this is different mm -hmm. like I had never in my life seen anything like what you gave me I don't know oh, if you remember awesome. what they were they were like an off-white like a cream specifically oh flower. probably ranunculus if it wasn't <laughs> yeah it was the spring <laughs> it would have been the spring in COVID yeah. so it, that probably was a ranunculus and those are very cool flowers. they are like some yeah. of the most interesting looking yeah. living plant I've ever seen in they're my life they're basically made of tissue paper yeah but they're unreal and it actually lived on for oh, a yeah. long time yeah like and I I'm someone who could kill a flower in a day like <laughs> I'm pretty bad at it and, and we had him for close to a month honestly wow yeah. wow that's yeah. great yeah it was it was probably about three weeks but yeah yeah I'm sure they were maybe not looking their best at the end of three no. weeks but they're still acceptable. they were still there they weren't no petals were falling out <laughs> Good yet stuff, so. yeah but no so like I, I think it's important to bring that up because for, for anyone who would see when they're scrolling through podcasts and they say, okay, flower farmer, yeah. why click on this? Yeah. I honestly think it is so interesting and unique what you guys are doing yeah. that people really should be looking at this. Even if you're someone who doesn't like flowers yeah. or you think you don't like flowers, because I find that was the same obstacle I ran into with coffee. When I first started in coffee, uh, people would come up to me and they'd be like, ah, I don't really like coffee oh. or, or I don't drink black coffee because it's gross on its own. And so I'm like, Mm. Did you respond with like, we can't be friends then? No, no, I, I was a little more patient than I am now. I think the yeah. longer you do it, the less patient you Probably. are. But <laughs> definitely in the beginning, I, I wanted to convince people that, you know, we were doing something different. We yeah. weren't just like that. You open a tin can or you have a, a bag with dust on it because that's how long it's been sitting on the shelf. Like yeah. I wanted to show people that we, coffee could be something different from what they've experienced or what other people they know and love have experienced. And so, you know, we weren't great at social media in the beginning, but definitely, you know, by trying to show people the process of brewing, the oh, process yeah. of roasting and how, how it was different, even yeah. water. People are like, why do you care so much about water? Like, 
Coffee is 98.9% water. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I just, I find it amazing when I talk to different people in different fields, how the similarities are kind of there, especially when it's something that's so cemented in pop culture, like, like coffee, like flowers, you kind of have a predetermined notion of what it should look like. Mm -hmm. And then you are busting open the door and saying, no, it's not right on. Yep. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, same with you and roasting your own beans. You want them done a specific way. So we grow our own flowers. So I don't have Mm. to rely on a wholesaler to do it the way I want them to. It's done by me. And that's the same sort of thing with your roasting. I think that that's great. And by the way, you, you fuel us all through the day on your, uh, with your coffee beans. It's You've done a number of deliveries to us now, mm-hmm. and we drink your coffee all day. It's I, delicious. I appreciate you enjoying <laughs> it. And uh, actually, Jay was here maybe two weeks ago and dropped off that big tub, that oh, big yeah, bin. Yeah. So I may be able to send you with that today, cool. maybe. I don't know if it's going to fit in your car. Gonna, it might. It might. The golf's bigger than you think. <laughs> <laughs> because that's another thing that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You guys are into the same, obviously. Whenever you do anything that has to do with agriculture, you're yeah. going to care a little bit more about the environment. Yeah. That's one of the things coffee one of the biggest byproducts one of the big waste products in coffee is the chaff that is attached to the raw bean so as you roast it it's like this papery substance for people who don't know what what it looks like right and it's very flammable but it's also very good for compost right so it's very hence, good for compost it's yeah. and it's going to be great for a mulch that's kind of what our idea is we're going to do mm. an experiment actually with ranunculus we're going to mulch very our cool. ranunculus in the fall through the winter and hopefully those that chaff will keep it warm with some straw it'd be a cool we'll uh, collaboration yeah uh, black sheep and and triple f if we can have yeah. if you can make it look like a black sheep somehow. oh my god that would be, be impossible amazing. but fine <laughs> we can give me a challenge i'll try <laughs> so what's what are your thoughts on people that spray paint flowers oh man i <laughs> i have friends that do it so i don't want to call them out but i mean i'm not really for it but mm-hmm. that's my personal decision yeah i mean we curate exactly down to the color of every flower that we grow so i mean again we're lucky we grow the color that we want Mm -hmm. so there's no need for paint but uh, again if you're using a wholesaler and they don't have what you need you got to do what you've got to do so i understand that there is a place for it it's just not in my my, not my studio kind of sure and you know the reason i asked you the question because i i figured that was going to be the answer (laughs) it's nicer than i thought you were going to be but i can be nice (laughs) i know The reason I asked the question was because I think sometimes, in my opinion, what's the point in doing all the work if you're just going to cheat? And that's what it is. It's a cheat. I mean, it's, it would be the same thing as me roasting the coffee fresh and then putting it in a mason jar and it just dies in the sunlight. You know, it's like, why do all the extra if you're just going to, makes you so sad, bastardize a beautiful product. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, okay, we don't so do that. We page. don't do that. No. And I understand it because I mean, like my own grandparents put coffee in the freezer and I want to slap <laughs> their frail faces, but I can't do it because I love them. Of course. You respect them. I, respect your elders. I don't respect their tasting coffee, <laughs> okay. but I respect them as people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference. You can't slap those you love. It's because you got to draw the line. Unless you're European. Then, then I think <laughs> then that's what you have love, to do. it's almost love, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this went off weird. So... Yeah, I I find it uh, really interesting. So how about for when it comes to challenges for your business? Mm. Obviously, the weather is huge. But do you find that you have a harder time dealing with clientele or external factors like weather? And the reason I, it may sound like a weird question. No, it's not. Because I I think in your business, especially doing something that's more specialty, you have to do a little more convincing, like, not saying you have to convince people, but obviously your product is superior to the, the mass market product. Yeah. So I'm assuming with that's going to come a difference in price. Totally. And so you're catering to different people, right? Yeah. Does, the, does the market that you're catering to not care about the price because they're, that's kind of what they're looking for? Right. That's a good question. And I mean, there's a lot of times where people say, that's not what I want to spend. I'm just having a backyard wedding. I don't want... Mm. I don't want my bouquet to be X and I want it to be smaller. However, I find if I'm just open with them and I explain that like literally some of the things that uh, are blooming right now, I planted in January. I planted those seeds in January. I have been keeping them alive since January. I've heated the, I've well, sorry, I've put lights up for them to grow. I've mm-hmm. moved them after frost. I've planted them. We've fertilized them. We've 
done so much for this one flower. So I feel like when I am open with people and I just explain how much love has literally gone into each individual stem, they really want to book me. They mm. just, they really want to book me. There's, I don't know, I have a deep down passion for what we do and I feel like it kind of radiates. It is. Yeah. It so I feel like, I feel like it kind of sells itself. There's no need to be, I mean, I will say, I'm going to be honest. At first, when people start questioning your your prices or the way that you do things, it's easy to put up a wall and say, well, then screw you. I don't need your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I do what I do and I've worked my ass off and yep. like, I just don't need you. But then you just take a second and be like, okay, not everyone knows what you do absolutely day to day. Even though I have an Instagram that I almost share da daily on, that's not, that's what I choose to share. I, I, you haven't shared that seeds were planted in January. You haven't shown all the dirty stuff behind and there's a lot of it. And I feel like just being open with those people and saying that like we have put our heart and soul into this. It's all we do all day is talk about flowers and I don't have a day off. It's just, it's what we love. I don't think you can. <clears throat> no, right? you can't. You really can't. So that's an easy explanation and just being light with everybody and explaining that it, I don't, I haven't had anyone um, not book us after finding awesome. that out yeah so it's been pretty great has yeah. it gotten easier as as time has gone by it's, or or was it getting more difficult it's different it's different because at the beginning there wasn't there wasn't a lot of people that i was dealing with at the very very beginning it was just face to face at the farmer's market but then people start messaging you on instagram they start messaging you on facebook they start mes messaging you in your email some people have my phone number so then it's the juggle of the 20 yeah. messages a day and all these different social platforms and trying to keep track of everybody and trying to full-time farm at yeah. the same time because i would love for you to drop in and look at the farm however we're farming, you know? So it's just a, it's a different kind of struggle because we have become more popular, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing. I'm so thankful for everybody that loves our flowers. It's just, it's great. You're, everybody's helping us do what we want to do. And I like want to scream from the rooftops. I love everybody so much. Um, however, that it's hard to balance. Sure. And with COVID, we have a five-year-old son. So mm -hmm. March break was <laughs> extended through forever. It feels like five months. Yeah. So both Jay and I trying to work full time and full time parent and all of that. It's a big struggle. So it's mm. yeah, that's another. No, I, I think thing. it's a it's a good point. Yeah. Um, a lot of people for me anyway, in the beginning of the black sheep, it was harder for certain things like I had no proven market, right? right? I mean, we were the only specialty coffee shop in Niagara yeah. it, that roasts its own coffee. Right. That's right. a preface. Okay. So we were the only people roasting our own coffee and you could actually sit down and drink it mm -hmm. um, for five years or well, four years. And then there was a, another roaster that um, was already here long before us. They opened up an actual shop. Perfect. Right. People don't understand sometimes that the competition is good. Oh, gosh, I go yeah. to their place. They come to mine. Absolutely. And there's something about the more people selling, the less people will argue that are buying. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yeah. And I mean, we sell direct to the public a lot of the time. We do weddings. We do events. But on the other side, we sell to florists. I have Niagara wedding florists that come to me once a week and buy just plain stems and then they use them in their wedding design. So technically we are competition, mm -hmm. but we're community over competition. Like all the florists are super friendly with each other. We help each other. And it's nice. It almost they will share a bridal bouquet that they made with my flowers. Then I will share it and then they will gain followers and I will gain followers. And it's just this big, happy family of people sure. that love fresh flowers. Yeah. And I mean, the more that they support me and the more that I support them, the more I can grow every year because the more demand I have for not flown in flowers. How does that work? As you become more popular, mm -hmm. you obviously have a higher demand, mm -hmm. which means your yields need to be higher. Yes. I know in, in many businesses, the busier you get, there are costs associated with that. Obviously, you may, maybe not in your business, but for sure in mine, the busier you get, the more staff you need. Yeah. You need more efficient equipment. You need to be able to condense the workload and make sure that everyone is working efficiently. Yeah. How does that work in the farming world where, you know, you need to grow more flowers? Yeah. So, of course, you need to grow more flowers, but, you know, it's also weather dependent. It's space dependent. Um, 
and then at the same time, you can't force something natural. Right? No, and I have a big hurdle with that too. I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. I want to do it all myself. It's hard for me to delegate, to tell someone else to do this because I want to do it and I want to make sure that it's right. How does Jay feel about that? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he loves me so much and we never fight. <laughs> I love it. No, he's actually really good about it. He's very good at taking direction. That's, I feel like, how we work so well together. He's mm. like, he's just the most supportive person in the whole entire world. So... Yeah, he grumbles and groans while he's walking away, but <laughs> he still loves He's good me. at digging holes. <laughs> he's really good. He's really good at digging holes and planting trees and moving stuff for a third time, and he's a gem. But yeah, we do have two people for the first time this year actually helping us on the farm, and I'm learning how to delegate, and I'm learning how to let go of reins, and it's been extremely helpful. That's good. Extremely helpful. Obviously, the quality of the people, uh, the quality of the character of the people is important. That's, I feel like, the most important. Mm. Um, Driven people that really can understand and respect nature and um, that want to learn. That's Mm. the other thing that that just want to that want to farm and And want to be outside. Well, yeah, yeah. and don't mind sweating their asses off all day (laughs) in 30 million degree heat outside. And it's it's not skipping through the flower fields in a dress. It's like muddy, dirty, shitty work 90 percent of the time. And mm-hmm. then a pretty Instagram fi- picture. And dodging chickens. And dodging chickens and trying to wrangle everything. And it's it's a mess 90% of the time, but it's so fun. Yeah, because I, how does it, aside from staffing, are there exponential costs? Like, are there certain types of equipment? Because I know yeah. that you're very hands-on. Yeah. But, you know, some, some harvest... I don't know about flowers, but obviously certain fruits and vegetables yeah. can be done by machine. Is everything with flour by hand pretty well? For the most part, yeah. Everything we do is by hand. So, um, for instance, we have a dahlia field that is like almost an acre. Mm. Everything is hand planted. And then in the after frost, everything is hand dug out. So almost an entire acre is hand planted and hand dug out for the winter. Lots of work. However, well, we're in our fourth year now. Mm-hmm. So first two years, we didn't even have a tractor. Um so that was a big investment. So this is year for us. four, you said. This is year four, yeah. Right. And we are making strides, and we have a tractor, so we're able to till our land. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're um, that's huge. Some equipment mm-hmm. is great, um, but I mean, there are costs associated with a windstorm can blow down your hoop house, and you didn't expect that, and mm-hmm. all of that. But uh, it's farming is also hard because, for instance, right now. The ranunculus will bring that back up. Mm-hmm. So I had to order my ranunculus for 2021 in March of 2020. Oh, so yeah. I have to plan a year and a head ahead of what I was going to plant next year. And I have to pay that bill. So I'm not going to make that cost back until next year when they're blooming. And I'm already out that thousands of dollars for those quorms to maybe grow those flowers and to hope to God that the weather doesn't come and destroy them Mm -hmm. because then you don't get a return. So for flower farming, you absolutely, it's a long term investment. Peonies, again, for example, once you plant a new peony plant, you have to wait three years to cut from it. So I can spend $3,000 on putting peonies in the ground. Again, we've done that for this fall. We'll be Mm -hmm. putting $3,000 of peonies in the ground, but I won't see any of that money for three years because the plant needs to establish. There's a lot of patience needed. And also those plants will need to be tended to without giving me a return for three whole years. Sure. I mean, that's long. That's crazy. I don't think I never realized that. And it's very similar in coffee. So especially in South Central America, if when you're when you're planting a new lot and you have new coffee plants going in the ground minimum seven years before you can start harvesting the fruit that i mean you can harvest it earlier than that sometimes it takes three or four years for the fruit to even appear but even once it does appear you usually have to wait a few years after that before it's of specialty grade right and high high yields high yields exactly and so like that's a long time and most times it's up to 14 or 15 years for mature plants to really be strong. Uh, and even still, you usually need to hop from one lot to the next year to year because if you, you can't harvest the same plant right. over and You've over Got to let it recover. Again. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, and even though it's still going to grow fruit, that you can't let the fruit hit the ground because once right. it starts rotting, you're attracting pests and insects and then oh, rot pests. comes. Oh, don't even get me started. They're the worst. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I, the reason I like to bring things up like this, because mm-hmm. obviously I said this is a podcast for positive people, but it is important to understand the realities of, of the industry. So if someone's listening to this and they've always been in love with bell peppers or something, right. and they want to be the best at growing bell peppers and they can sell to restaurants 
like to really amazing chefs in the area. They want to work with Niagara College and get their product in there and in the hands of, of young chefs. They have to be able to understand what they're getting themselves into. Oh, yeah. If you think it's a nine to five or even, <laughs> oh, you're going to work double time, that's nothing because you don't get weekends off. You don't get holidays off. It doesn't matter if it's raining. Like, Oh, yeah. And the, if it's raining, there's a rush. You got to beat the rain before stuff gets ruined. And it's, yeah. it's just this never ending Nature doesn't nature. care about your feelings. Oh, God. And nature <laughs> doesn't plans. care at all. And then when COVID hit, everyone closed down. Flowers don't know there's COVID. Mm -hmm. I still had to harvest. I still have to do all this stuff. It's my job didn't change. I just couldn't sell anything. <laughs> and let's, let's make it real. Let's paint a picture here. Yeah. If you decided, screw it, COVID sucks, mm. I'm not harvesting these flowers, mm. what happens to them? Well, and it, what, what are the long-term damages of just leaving it there in the field? That's quite a loaded question because it really depends on the variety of flowers. However, sure. with a lot of stuff, I need to get harvested so you get a second flush so again i'm not sure if anyone listening really knows different kinds of flowers but we'll use snapdragons for instance cool name. in march yeah right they're sweet they're like a like a big stick of flowers they're sweet it's a snapchat for fantasy <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but like the snapdragons need to get cut or they'll just die on the plant and go to seed. So when that plant goes to seed, it then puts all of its power into making seeds and not producing more flowers. So in March, those snapdragons need to get cut, composted, whatever, sold, however you can get rid of them, so that the plant itself doesn't put its power to going to seed. It'll then flush again, because with COVID, we weren't sure how long things were gonna last. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, screw it, 2020 is over. I was going to swear, but <laughs> you can, okay, it's okay. I feel bad about it. I changed the setting on YouTube. It's not made for kids oh, anymore. God. Okay. Um, well, you can't just say like, screw it, screw the year. It's no big deal. We, we wanted to make sure that in June we have snapdragons in case weddings are back on. Cause mm. if I said, screw it, all those booked weddings that I have for the rest of the year, which by the way, are back on in full force now with phase three. So mm. now I'm kind of scrambling cause I didn't plant a lot of things at the beginning. Mm. COVID, but whatever. <laughs> um, we're doing our best. So those things need to get cut. Everything needs to stay clean. The weeds still need to come out. So the roots of the actual plants that we want have space. There's water still needs to happen. So things don't die. Like it's still full force in farming. And I'm mm. sure that any farmer would say that COVID barely changed anything except for the amount of money they were bringing in. Yeah. That's pretty much what it changed. Um, and your stress level, your stress level went like Sure. Maybe yeah. through the roof, but it's all good. And um, everyone's been creative through COVID, so it's good. It wasn't actually a, too much of a hit. It was just the, it was the events that made me a little bit worried for the brides too. Had it been planning for years, but yeah, I mean that's a bummer. I, I think it really depends on their expectations of their wedding day because. I'm not going to speak for my girlfriend because she'll probably disagree with me on this. <laughs> but if I were to be getting married to her this year, I would probably say let's just do it yeah. who cares about having 150 people there let's just get our grandparents our immediate family and just call it a day because at the for me it's like the wedding's really it's supposed to be a celebration of our love oh, who cares yeah. who we're doing it for oh yeah right but a lot of people are the complete opposite they're like no like this wedding yes of course i love you josh or whatever your name is <laughs> who's <but> josh <laughs> somebody's husband or fiance <laughs> right uh, anyway you know as i love you but like this day is also like i'm italian i i have to do this for my my nono and nona have to be there and everyone's got to be there and yeah and i understand that and that's you know to each their own right but uh, yeah, I can imagine for your world, that's got to be crazy. It's been weird. It's been really, really weird. But a lot of people have been doing that smaller wedding to keep their date. So they'll scale back their wedding flowers to be bouquets and like their sister will be a bridesmaid and they'll get a boutonniere and they'll decorate an arbor. And then they've now booked a second date for 2021 to have the party part. So they'll so do the reception and they just kind of extend their wedding into two dates. So you may Which need extra lovely. hands in 21 then. It's possible. Maybe I'll be hiring a floral designer soon. Who knows? Uh, well, I know to, uh, like a buttload of photographers oh, and yeah. I'm like, your year next year is going to suck. Like I it's going to be 24 seven because even places that didn't do weddings before are going to have to because life doesn't stop, right? I Pe know. People aren't going to push for another year because if, it's not just the people who were supposed to have weddings this year. It's the people who are thinking, I want to have it in 21, who now are being pushed back. And oh. then the people in 22 are getting pushed back. It's 23 is pushed back. It's an administrative nightmare sure. right now because I have like so many people, new people that weren't booked, trying to book for 21. And I can't Personally, I cannot book them until my 2021s find their feet, book their days, because I'm holding 
I'm holding deposits still from like a year ago. So I want those 2020 brides to find their feet, get their dates, and then I'll be able to book more. So again, to answer your question of what do you do in your off season, it'll be that. I'll be trying to figure out all of 2021 weddings and mm. yeah, it'll be fun. Have you ever thought about doing not necessarily weddings, but more of a like an event planning side of things as well? Yeah, well, not personally. I have no extra time, but maybe working with somebody. Um, the wedding industry is, it's large, but it's mm -hmm. also quite small. Everyone knows each other and there's these little pods and we all kind of say like, oh, I know this photographer, that's really good for you and all of that. And it, it, it would be really cool to actually... I wouldn't say work for a wedding planner, but work with Yeah, almost someone. exclusively totally. like, hey, if you're working with Melissa, the wedding planner, yeah. you know, you go, you use Feeder Flower Farm. It would be amazing. Stuff. And it would probably uh, lessen my admin nightmare because yeah, there would sure. be maybe a little bit of less communication needed from my end. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So Crazy. let's get weird. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I found something out when, when we were DMing on Instagram to yeah. make this happen, yeah. that you had some crazy health issues. Happen. I did. So... Why don't we say when that happened right. and how bad was it Oof. and how did that maybe affect? I'm asking you too many questions. I'll ask it's okay. The, it's going to be a long story. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask the follow-up when you're finished the, uh, what you have to say. Yeah. So why don't we just start with when did it happen and what was that like for you? It's a long, long story because this is like pre-feeder flower farm. This is before we had the farm. I was working at the magazine and I was pregnant with my son five years ago. So it was just uh, before then. Yeah, just before. Like I, this is this was kind of the catalyst of life is short, so mm -hmm. do whatever the hell you want to do because mm -hmm. your life could end tomorrow. And yeah, anyways, so when I was pregnant with my son, my mom had gastric cancer, um, and my mom had breast cancer years prior. Holy smokes! Yeah. Bad luck. Yes, very bad luck. Actually, bad genes. It turns out so. In having those two specific types of cancer, they found out that my mom had a genetic mutation called CDH1. So it's a her hereditary diffuse gastric cancer, um, which is like horrible. Once you have it, you're basically, you're not going to live. It's basically, there's no fight mm -hmm. from this cancer. Um, so my mom found out that she had this um, gene mutation. And unfortunately, she was already stage three with the diffuse cancer. So her fight was longer than we thought, but she's unfortunately passed away. Um, so when you find out you have a genetic mutation, anyone that could have those genes gets tested. Yeah. So I have a younger brother. He was tested and he thankfully does not have the gene mutation. I was also tested while being pregnant. So also creating someone that might have this gene mutation found out that I did have it. Um, so that was a hit mm -hmm. um, and a little emotionally draining when you're, I wasn't also expecting to be a mother. River was a lucky surprise for us. So it was a lot to kind of handle. Um, if you're hearing this river, <coughs> they love my you. Son. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. I love him to death. He's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so um, lots to emotionally handle. Sure. Um, and when you find out that you have this genetic mutation, it's very strange. It's They say that you're going to start doing screenings. So they're going to screen you for this genetic, or sorry, for gastric cancer. However, most of the time it can't be found because... Um, I learned this for the first time when I found about this mutation. Your stomach lining is multiple linings. And this stomach cancer doesn't just sit where a scope will see it. It'll burrow down into those linings. And when they say diffuse cancer, it's not like there's a lump, we'll remove the lump and the cancer's gone. It would be like loading a fine spray bottle with the cancer and spraying it within your stomach lining. So all these little minute little things all over the place spreading like wildfire. So anyways, so I couldn't do anything while being pregnant because mm -hmm. you can't have screenings. You can't do anything. So I had River. Um, we waited a little while and I loved being a mom at first. It was lovely and great. And then we started hitting the ground running with taking care of this cancer. So you do all these screenings. You find out that you, they, can't, they can't find anything. Good news. However, they suggest because there is a uh, 90, I think it's a 93% chance when you have this mutation that you'll get gastric cancer. Jeez. Yeah. And it was currently at this time while I was having these screenings, my mom was dying. Yeah. So I'm physically watching someone die from this who was also my best friend. Like I see you and your mom work together all the time and it's, that's what my mom and I were. It's like, it's, you're not only losing your mom, you're like losing a part of you. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. And then you find out that you have a son and he may lose you that way. It's like, it's just catastrophically 
it's mind-blowing how horrible you feel. This might be the first time I cry on the podcast. Oh, God, no, don't do it. Then I will. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, uh, I've, yeah, so they tell you that preventatively the only way to not get this cancer is to not have that uh, organ. So that would be your stomach. Mm -hmm. And again, for the first time ever, I was hearing from medical professionals that, yes, you can physically live without a stomach. And no one will know that you're living without a stomach. You can walk down the street and people will probably just whisper like, oh, that girl needs to eat a sandwich. Like, oh, she's blah, blah, blah. Right. So here I am now. <laughs> but um, anyways, so that's a battle because it's mm -hmm. a lengthy surgery. There is a long recovery. Um, and you, you may not be the same because I learned the hard way that a surgery of that scale also sends you into like a mental struggle. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had the surgery. I decided that I watching my mom be that sick was not ever something that I wanted river to go through or Jay to go through or anybody mm -hmm. else. It's just horrible. So on, um, I guess it was 2016 on May 6th, I had a total gastrectomy, which means your whole entire stomach Removed, comes out yeah. and I have like a, an upside down frowny face all across my uh, torso now. Um, but they removed my stomach and they found that I had, I had the cancer in 11 spots. Jeez, yep. man. And I was 30 years old. Crazy. Yep. I wouldn't have even have thought you're 30 I now. I know. So. I know. I'm 34 this crazy. year. I know. It's crazy. But yeah. So um, yeah. So that was a shocker that I had the cancer, but it thankfully, they also test your lymph nodes. So cancer always goes to specific lymph nodes and then goes everywhere mm. else. So those lymph nodes tested negative. So that preventative total gastrectomy legitimately saved my life. Um, I don't know if the cancer would have spread the next day yeah, or in six years. Oh man, that is it's crazy. It's the scariest thing in the whole entire world. So, so sorry, just yeah. quickly to interrupt yeah. you. I want to just figure out the timeline. Yeah. So that was May, you said, or yeah, March? Yeah, that was May. So May of 2016, mm -hmm. and it was 2016 you opened the farm, yeah? Uh, no, it would have been, the, well, it was the end of 2016 that we started thinking about it. Okay, so you're looking yeah. at like six months apart, seven yeah. months apart. Yeah, crazy. and also what, what really kind of sent me into like a really dark spot. I've never had mental health stuff that I've struggled with. I mean, I was a teenage girl. I had mental health shit all the time, mm. but I mean, nothing that was like a deep, dark struggle until then. I like couldn't get out of bed and that's not me. Mm. So I had my stomach out on May 6th and then my mom died on June 11th. So it was like, bam, bam, like the double punch, knock this girl out. Let's just like destroy her. Um, and my poor family who was just like watching me go through all this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's nasty. And I'm assuming there's huge risks in having the gastrectomy as yeah, well, right? There is. And your whole, your, everything that you do has to be different. So, um, you couldn't eat large meals. You can't eat and drink at the same time. You can't, um, there's lots of stuff that you have to learn. Is and that now as well? Kind of, but not really because it's a new normal, they mm -hmm. call it which is fine. I don't notice, um, my challenges anymore. Um, but they were like all you noticed before. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard to stay positive when you are in that kind of a spot. Absolutely. It's very hard. So, um, yeah, but so I spent a lot of time like hanging around and reading and, um, <laughs> this is gross. I apologize. No, but like dry not. heaving because you feel like you're just nauseous constantly but if you don't have a stomach you can't throw up hot like just uh just so you know oh, yeah you can't throw up interesting yeah so you're just nauseous constantly we've already gotten personal but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask you yeah. something else if it's okay Hit with you me. what what can you eat how do you eat now anything actually it's there's just there's just rules i guess everybody that's stomachless is different there's a very small percentage of us but i kind of have my own little community of friends yeah, so yeah. we've shared a lot of people can't do dairy um, I'm not one of them. I mean, I prefer to do dairy at home if you catch my drift. Like maybe I'm a little bit lactose intolerant, but it's not catastrophic. Yeah. Um, a lot of people can't do red meat. I can. So I guess I'm lucky. I think it really depends on like how much you chew. So you're yeah, so basically... You, I mean, you have to make sure it's fine enough yeah, so your body can break that down. Totally. So I've come here for lunch and I've eaten a whole entire plate of your food and I'm fine. But if I eat a whole entire plate of your food in a half an hour, I'm exhausted. So like my body is just taking all of my energy to digest that, I guess, break it down in my intestines. My intestines have to do so much more work than yours because your stomach does it for you. Um, so it just wipes you out. 
so now I've learned, I've learned how I personally have to do it. And I can't speak for the rest of the stomachless community, but I just have to basically eat like tiny little meals all throughout the day um, and chew a lot. And I also, it's crazy. If you don't have a stomach anymore, you completely lose uh, the feeling of hunger. They cut some sort of nerve when they take your stomach out. So, so you have to remind yourself to eat. I set a timer sometimes, or thankfully I now have Ashley who works for me for every hour goes, have you eaten? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's lovely and awesome. Thanks, Ashley. And thanks, Ashley, for keeping me fed. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's different and it's weird, but it's totally handleable. And I mean, as shit as that was, I feel pretty good about it because um I was able to get through it and it taught me a hell of a lot of lessons on how to live my life for the rest of my life that's amazing I appreciate you sharing the story um if you didn't tell me (laughs) in the message I would have had no clue so I'm this kind of thing I think some people will get sad I I mean obviously it was emotional to hear but it actually makes me kind of happy to know someone like you mm-hmm. and see what you did with that because so many people when they're faced with hardship turn the other way oh it's easy to and, and you know I know you went through those dark yeah. spots and I think everyone can obviously not to the same degree um, but they have a moment in their life where they can say okay that was dark for me right and I think those are defining moments. If you can take that and turn it into something good, it doesn't need to be on a dime. Right. It doesn't need to be a 180 right off the bat. But if if you can take it, recognize it's a bad place and do something with that, that is, I mean, that's the whole point of me doing this in the first place. Yeah. Is because, I mean, I am fortunate. I have an incredibly supportive family. Like, I, I used to put nail polish on in the back of my dad's truck on the way to the movies. And he's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> but he was never the kind of guy to say, no, you can't do that. Right, and right. My mom's the same and my extended family's the same. Yeah. And even when I wanted to open the black sheep, there was never any questions. It was like, whatever you need, we'll make this happen. My brother's the same. Yeah. His fiance, the same. My girlfriend, like we're all in this together. Right. Yeah. And, and from the beginning, it doesn't matter what I want to do. But having said that, most people don't have that. Isn't it? It makes me sad. I have it too. And it's, it's, it makes me really sad for those that don't have that. Mm-hmm. And it's, they have to come, overcome all of that alone. That's it's sad. very sad. But yeah. I think examples help people. Yeah. You know, you're young. I'm young. We're successful in our own fields. Yeah. And that word obviously is fluid. It could, does, it's not a, a, a set standard. That could mean a multitude of different things. Yeah. But I mean, you're making a living and you're happy and you've got a great family and a great business. And I'm, I've got the same thing. Yeah. Obviously, it's very different. I'm, I'm sure our books look very different. Mine is terrifying. I don't know if yours are. Oh, yeah. But, um, very. <laughs> but I, I think it's awesome when you can share a story like this mm. and someone who thinks, well, you know, my dad's a dick and right. he won't let me do X. Well, well fuck him. That's what I think. Exactly. Seriously? Fuck like, your dad. Yeah, not right? literally. No, don't do that. <laughs> but get away from him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Put that get, nail polish on in the back of his truck and give him the middle finger with it on. Like, yeah, really. I mean, anyone who's not willing, especially people that, air quotes, love you. Right. If they don't support you, they don't love you. Right. You know? And I mean... If, Obviously, if you want to start like your Niagara chapter of the Ku Klux Klan and they don't support you, maybe that's a you problem. Maybe that's a you problem, yeah. But I mean, to hear someone like you who took something awful and said, well, you know what, screw it. Like, how long am I going to wait for? You know, let's do something that makes me happy. Yeah and see where it goes. And I, and I don't know if the risk is any lesser or any greater with having the realization. I think the risks stay the same. The difference is the confidence going into it thinking, I'm not going to wait around and just die. You know, no. I'm not going to wait to die and then realize, hey, I didn't do anything I wanted to do. Like, now's the time to do it. Who cares? I mean, you're either going to be broke and miserable right. or marginally less or sorry, marginally more broke, right? but way happier. Right. Well, and know? also, I mean, like, I, I think it's something that I should say. Like, I didn't start Feeder Flower Farm for anybody but me. Mm-hmm. When I was in a shitty place, I felt the sunshine on my face and it made me feel better. I planted a flower and I watched it grow and it made me feel better. So that made me feel better. It was for me. And I feel like that is really important when you start a business too. It's something that you like. It's not because your dad thinks it's best for you to do or anything like that. It comes from you. And that's, I feel like, brings a positive, successful business to light. Has work ever been a distraction for you? Oh, yeah. All the time. Like an intentional distraction? Oh, yes. 100%. I'm totally... You have to catch yourself and say, okay... 
I gotta stop. Cool it a bit. One hundred percent, and I one hundred and ten percent. I'm like, I'm a mind over matter girl. Mm -hmm. If I sit in bed sad all day, I'm gonna sit in bed sad all week. Mm -hmm. But if I get the hell up and make myself do something that makes me happy, then I if I just keep doing that, I can't stop. Yeah. But if I sit down and I feel like shit, it's real hard. I just can't let myself sit down and feel like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody who's been on this podcast is like a pond with really expensive fish, <laughs> but the pond has a little bit of a leak, oh. right? <laughs> and so what happens is if without paying attention to it, you know, the water starts to go away and the fish are going to start to die. But then, you, you know, you'll turn the hose on to fill the thing back up and then it starts to overfill. So then you right. have to... Tear, like, Turn that back down. Yeah. I find there's there's always this check and balance you have to go yeah. through because I always am thinking and and not in a I don't it's most of the time it's not unhealthy but it can definitely get unhealthy and then yeah. I'm like okay listen who are you actually doing all this work for you know and mo 80 90 percent of the work that I'm doing is for me but that extra 10 20 percent hurts right yeah and it, it can put a strain on relationships it can oh. put a strain on your own mental health right absolutely so I think it's important even though you're doing well and yeah. you're busy that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean it's the right thing for that moment you always have to be like is this good for me right now right yes okay temporary pain is okay as long as it's for a long-term payoff right on but if you're just punishing yourself to punish yourself or to impress people or to set you know or to meet a standard that's not okay right and i feel like maybe distracting yourself with things that aren't work are also good like having hobbies that you can completely like what's a hobby of yours oh what's a hobby of <laughs> oh god oh, oh. um well i mean i really like loud music and seeing like live music is awesome to me or mm -hmm. i i bought myself a super fancy race car last year so oh. i take it to the track and Very that cool. is really fun. Where do you, uh, at Merrittville? No, at Cayuga. I drive out to Cayuga oh, and take the smokes. old golf That's out. That's cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, my, my girlfriend did the same, same oh, yeah? thing. She, but I can't, oh, she's going to be mad at me because I can't remember the name. It's the trucks. Oh. You know the trucks that like you race? Like the dirt racing? It's like a, yeah. Yeah. I grew she up. She did it at Merrittville and at Humberstone. Oh, oh, good for her. Badass. It was cool. Badass. I wasn't around then, so I, but she also wasn't around when I was wearing eyeliner, really. A oh, little bit. Oh, man. You guys missed the best we missed of each the other. Best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue to say that this is, I, I think I'm happier with myself now. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I, and I've always found that really awesome about, about Katie is that is like, I'm a very feminine guy and she's more of a masculine woman but not in an unattractive way on either side right. of us, right? It's, yeah. it's more so like I'm, I'm definitely in touch with my emotions. I like yeah. feminine things, uh, but then I get to learn something and explore something new with her and then totally. vice versa, right? Yeah. So, like, as I don't know if she would ever have gone to a musical before she met me. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. So that's what I, I mean. Obviously, it's good. That's good. It's healthy. I don't yeah. know why we're talking about relationships now. No, I we just got here. The long story short, it's good. And the same yeah. way that Jay's supportive for you, I oh, have totally. that with Katie and vice versa. Like she's a nurse yeah. and especially during COVID, that is like a pain in the ass. So I try to do a little bit extra. Like I, I feel like I do pretty good. You'll have to ask her, but yeah. during COVID, especially I'm like, I want to make her lunches and Aww, you know, yeah. People don't understand like the mental chaos in healthcare normally I know. is a disaster. And then now added on top of the fact that you're telling loved ones they can't go see the people they care about it. That must be so rough. It's tricky. She and she's in long-term care, which oh. is a complete shutdown, right? Oh, like they, man. no one's allowed in and out of anywhere. They're starting to get a little bit more flexible with, yeah. uh, with regulations now, but even still, I mean, they're the most vulnerable people, right? Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. That's scary for her. Crazy. She's so a tough girl. You like to race. I do. I That's like to drive cool. fast. How did that come about? Oh, that was like, I was born into racing. Cool. So I spent every weekend. Well, I spent most weekends of my life at a racetrack. My dad raced, my brother raced. Um, so I did a lot of, uh, cars now they've just got a collection of cars and they've bought a shop and they're filling it with things and they're just doing their thing. My brother go-kart raced, uh, when he was seven and cool. then 
turned into professionally doing things and so on and so forth. So motors have always just been a part of. Do you know how to Hayden's. work on the vehicles yourself? Uh, well, I mean, not so much. I mean, like generally, I know how things work. You're probably um, downplaying it because to someone like me who doesn't know how to change an oil filter. <laughs> I was going to say, I can change an oil filter and I can change a tire <laughs> and I know like when something's running too hot, what you should do and all that, but not, I couldn't be a mechanic. You know what the doohickeys actually Pretty are much, called? Yeah. yeah. And I can drive standard. That's rare That's now. Great. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I'm no mechanic. That's cool though. Yeah. Um, I find one of the downfalls of people who are good at one thing is they deprive themselves of other things. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think hobbies are important. You yes. know, like I'm, I'm a musician myself, so yeah. I spend a lot of time playing music and that's, that's something that helps me get away from my own head for a little bit. Yeah. And I think you need those little refresher. It's almost like drinking water. You know, it's like after, and this is coming from someone who drinks almost exclusively all of their water through coffee. Oh, me too. I don't <laughs> drink water at all. Once ever. I drink water, it's like my body is having a party. They're like, <laughs> whoa, what is this foreign substance? But I find that's what hobbies are to people who work really hard. Oh, totally. You, know, you, you need to do that at least once a day. Just yeah. even if it's 30 minutes, just get away from it. And then when you come back, you're like super good at it. Oh, was, oh, totally. And mm. you get that refreshed feeling and you just, I don't know, you don't feel bogged down by things. It's new yeah. again. And any 80s and 90s baby will understand <laughs> and appreciate this reference. It's like when you're playing a video game and you get to the boss level oh. and they keep beating you and beating you and beating you, but then you just pause it, walk away, <laughs> eat something and you come back and then you just murk it immediately. Oh yeah, right? It's because you just need to get away from it and come back and realize that you're just getting mad and you're not getting any better. So Just drink some sun D and you're good to go. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you a really stupid story about Sunny D. I'll make it short because we only have 10 minutes left. It went by oh so God, fast. Holy. My brother, uh, when we were living in the bakery, when, when my dad first moved to Welland, we, we lived in my dad's office for a while. And so he was playing games and was too lazy to go to the bathroom. So he peed in a Sunny D bottle you naturally, <laughs> like, a, like a young boy would. Oh, like he won't care about boy. the story either. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and so he threw it in the garbage. Well, the next night, uh, every Friday night, my grandparents, my Nona and Nona, they came to work at the bakery, right? And so my Nona, being the old Italian that she is, she looks in the garbage, she's like, ah, who wears the sunny day, this full bottle? She puts it back in the fridge, right? And no, so anyway, no, she doesn't. She puts it back she in the fridge. She put it back in the fridge. My brother went in the fridge and noticed that there was a sunny D bottle there, and he's like, I drank the last sunny D. Hey, Why is this minute. here? Yeah. Pretty good for a young boy, because boys usually aren't that observant or intelligent. So right. he noticed it. Then he went to open it and realized there was no crack. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Sure enough, opens the lid and smells it. And it's his piss. Well, at least he didn't drink his own piss. <laughs> I mean, that would be a funnier story. <laughs> so long story short, if you don't drink your own piss out of a Sunny D bottle, you'll become an entrepreneur. Hey, oh. Yeah, because he is, too. He was on the podcast uh, just before, actually, all this happened. He owns a gym just Right, right down, down the line, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, so, right on. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. He must be going through some COVID times. With yeah, I mean, it actually became a huge, probably the best thing that's ever happened to wow. his business um, because my brother is one of those guys where if he wants to do something, he's going to do it. And I always him. say, like, if the guy wants to do coffee, I'm screwed. Like, he will, he will be better <laughs> He'll at coffee. He'll do it right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, not no. as right as you. Hopefully. Well, thank you. No, no, but no, he, he would kick my ass in coffee if he wanted to. Huh. But the thing is, with COVID, it really took him away from pushing in that grind and made him think a little bit more than actually just doing it. Hey, yeah. And so he moved everything online. He got an Interesting. app. And so he started doing online programming and started doing nutrition, then started planning on how to do group classes when they reopen. That nice. could be socially distance. He selling punch cards. Now his fiance is working with him. And um, it's like super progressive way of thinking about a gym. That's really yeah, great. And the biggest thing for them was YouTube. So now they've got a, a whole yeah. YouTube thing going on. There's a fly on my forehead. <laughs> uh, so they have a YouTube thing going on. And, and that's becoming a huge catalyst for bringing in uh, new clients, which is pretty cool because they actually get to awesome. see them in action, which is fun. Yeah. But uh, anyway, to pivot, since we only have a little bit of time left, what, what are some of your plans moving forward? It, it, and I don't. I don't really care that COVID's happening because I, right. I think you have to assume that this is going to be around for a while. Yep, we do. Even if things get normal-ish, yep. it's still going to be weird for a long time. So do you have it? Have your plans changed at all? Like, did you have a plan, like a 10-year plan saying this is where I want Triple F to be? And then like 
now this is the way it has to look or? Well, I mean, it's the events. That's what's really kind of making us take a pause because some of the events that we had planned were quite large. So now it's just scaling those back. I mean, um, we're, we have got to be pretty flexible for the next five years, I guess. So we're just going to see where it takes us. I mean, we're, we're not for farmers markets anymore. We don't, um, we have our own flower stand and we thought that we'd be doing more workshops and stuff on our property because our farm's actually quite nice in the yeah, flowers. Beautiful. Um, but we might have to scale that back. It's just, I'm kind of easy about it. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like I, I kind of feel like it is what it is. And, um, as long as we just keep at it and, um, scale back those events without pushing too hard on people and that's the best we can do you know it's it. yeah and we'll we will still do workshops but we'll just make the numbers short or smaller mm -hmm. and um we'll spread out the workshops so we can make sure that everything's safe and thankfully we are outside so that when you say workshops yeah. what does that entail i know you um, had mentioned something about the winter time having your wreath yeah. workshops mm -hmm. is that kind of the same idea you do flower arrangement yeah workshops, we do like we that? do kind of like a cut your own type thing and then you make an arrangement cool. with the flowers that you've cut um we also are planning a yoga in the dahlia field we did that last year and the year prior um a yoga instructor from port colburn megan comes and teaches a class and then cool. um we arrange flowers after or you can just take home something pre-arranged we um, should talk about that yeah. because i would love to do a coffee class Ooh. Your flowers. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be so fun. We, every time we do them here, it sells yeah. out very quickly. Because yeah. especially now with COVID, I haven't done one obviously. Yeah. But prior take to take it on the road, take it on the road yeah. to Peter Flower Farm. It'd be a lot of fun, yeah. and we'd be able to reach people who might otherwise not come to Welland, right? Totally. So, but yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. And also too. <laughs> We should probably be talking about this after, but I'm going to ask you now anyway. <laughs> Let's sell your flowers here. Oh my God. I would actually love that. I'm being hundred percent serious. Yeah. No. So am I. I, I think it'd be great. Do you have to have a fridge? How does that work? A fridge would be better because it, yeah. then it would extend the shelf life for the flowers actually in people's homes. Yeah. I mean, like they'd look pretty here, but if you keep them in a fridge, then you extend their life, which sure. is, I mean, the goal of perishable products. I'm going to get a glass door fridge and we'll just oh, make Oh, then it we'll stick everything in there and Sweet. it'll be mint. Well, so, press time, do a nice little oh, vinyl yeah. sign. We'll put that on the top yeah, of the fridge. Yeah, name drop press time there too. It's Listen, good. I. <laughs> I think it's so important to have not just friends, obviously I mean, we've become that over the years yeah. with them, but I mean, it's the relationships between businesses now, especially yes. are so important. And I mean, it is impossible not to become friends with the people at press yeah, time. They is, are just true. way too nice. Yeah. They're too, and they too do, good at what they do. They as are well, too so. good at what they do as well. Exactly. So they're mm. just double whammy. Amazing. So I'm wearing press time under the shirt, but I had to wear a flower shirt. Secret. Yeah. That one's for me. Yeah. <laughs> the, so that's the thing too. Like your business is very unique. It's very different from what a, a lot of new entrepreneurs are going to want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's easier? I guess you wouldn't be able to answer that question. <laughs> what is it like with establishing relationships in the industry that you're mm -hmm. in? Is there a lot of like cattiness, a lot of neck and neck? Because I know when you're dealing with wedding people, they've got to be nuts a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, some, I, I don't... Some brides are also difficult, but I mean, it's just, it's the biggest day of their life. So you got to give it to them and that's fine. Um, also <laughs> to all brides out there, past, present and future. Yeah. Okay. I almost forgot the last word <laughs> is like, if that is the biggest day of your life, it's the same way I talk to football jocks. If high school is the best four years, you guys have problems. Big time. Big problem. It should Big be a time. great day. 100%. It should, be a, it should be one of the best parties. Absolutely. And it should be your day? dream. But what about yeah. your children? Exactly. Leave some space for the rest of your life to do something amazing. Yeah. I mean, my wedding was great, but would I say what it's about, the best day? No. No. What about great. Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl? <laughs> right. Best day ever. That was a pretty good day <laughs> for some people. Yeah. Right. For on. Justin Timberlake, it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He scored. <laughs> but yeah, so the relationships for you guys. That's yeah. And well, it's good. I'm it's, assuming you have good ones. Obviously. We do. We really, really do. And I feel like um, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but like we do something different and we do something awesome. Like our product is good. Mm -hmm. So florists want to be my friend because our product is good. They want to buy our things and mm. it's so it's easy to have good relationships when you have good product and i'm sure that the press time people would say the same yep. thing you do the right thing you make people happy all the time you're friendly and you are passionate and it's kind of hard not to want to give someone like that business it's like i don't know it's kind of hard not to enjoy your job when that's the way you are too sure. so um the relationships that we have with everybody else is just they've been great and Absolutely. i mean if they're not they just stop buying from me and that's just 
that's the end of it. It's just the end of it. For now. Yeah, nice. exactly. I That's one of my favorite things ever is like I was not a very popular guy in elementary school and it wasn't that I was, I wasn't disliked in high school, got better, right. but I still wasn't the most popular Oh, high popular school guy. wasn't the best days of your life? No. <laughs> Mine either. Maybe I'm bitter. I don't Mine know. either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my favorite thing ever was like people who were assholes to me when I was younger when I opened the black sheep mm. now I, I have something of value to right. them and how quick they come running back right. so to anyone who's unpopular now do something that people oh. want and then tell them no absolutely or better tell them yes and take their money or mid-sentence be like <laughs> what was your name again <laughs> <laughs> It's a good one. <laughs> okay, that's enough of the spiting of resentment. But anyway, last thing I want to ask you yeah. before I, I give you the floor to plug all of the oh things God. that are going on I have to make a is, list. you should, what would you tell someone who wants to get into a business like yours? What, mm. What's one of the most important things to focus on? Mm-hmm. Um, patience would be a virtue in- uh, For a farmer, I guess, yeah. For a farmer, absolutely. <laughs> because it takes a long time to get a good product and mm. it takes a long time to know what you're doing and crack a book. Stop asking other farmers how to do things. Crack a book, learn yourself. Do the courses, they're out there. Like take the time to educate yourself from home or work on a farm know that it's going to be 12 hours of dirt under your nails Mm -hmm. and then be patient and it will come because you're not going to become the biggest flower farm overnight it might take two years and um put yourself out there and just keep doing what you're doing and try and make friends with people that do it send me a message i'm not bitter about you doing a flower farm i think it's great and Mm. i'm here to help within reason i'm not gonna of course if they're they're on the feeder and they're like hey i want to open a flower farm you're like well you know what it's funny this might make me sound spiteful but i'm like go ahead go ahead you good luck (laughs) kind of kind of i'm like if you're still here in a year then we should be friends because we uh, like have the same passions but you probably probably nine times out of ten won't make it because it's so freaking hard it's hard yeah and it's like your life has to revolve around it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great piece of advice to give people because my when I got into coffee, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to open a cafe before I cared about coffee. Right. I've always been a big coffee drinker, obviously with the Italian in my background, like espresso since months old, literally my <laughs> no-no used to dip his pinky in, in the oh espresso and put it in my mouth. Because little kids need to wake up more and have more energy? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, so I mean, it's always been a huge part of my life, but coffee, especially in, in that Italian household, it's not for the beverage, yeah. it's for the conversation, right? Totally. It's always after dinner, and instead of being in the basement for gnocchi, you're going upstairs for the fir- for one of the few times a year you're allowed to go up to the right. main floor. And you're there and you're sitting at a table at an equal distance from your no-no, which doesn't happen. Right. And you're just chatting, you're talking, you're laughing. All of the best conversations happen there. And then when I started working with my dad at, at the bakery, same thing. The best moments were that coffee break, right? Getting to stop, you're sweating, you're covered in flour and, and crusted dough on your fingers. Right. And you got a coffee. And even as a little kid, I've always, I've always loved that. But the point of this is once I knew I wanted to open a cafe, I was thinking what I've always known, which is the Italian coffee shop. Right. But I didn't decide I wanted to do specialty until I met a guy named Graham Braun, who owns Monogram Coffee Roasters in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just starting when I met him. But this guy is like a coffee god. Right. And when I went there, you know, I'm just, I was 20 years old. I'm like looking around a shop and awe, like how beautiful this is. I've never seen a, spe- a specialty shop before. So I'm looking and like, what's a Chemex? What's a V60? Yeah. Like, what's a Swiss water process? Like all these terms I've never heard before. Uh, and he noticed me looking, came over and was like, are you a coffee guy? I'm like, not yet, but I, I'd, li- I'd like to be, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he's like, well, what do you want to know? And so I told him I wanted to open a shop. And of course, Cambridge is about an hour and a half away from us. So obviously I'm not a threat at this point, but everyone knows coffee is, vi- I mean, the internet, you sell more coffee than oh, in store. Totally. So, um, there could be a threat. I mean, Ontario's large, but not that large. Right. And uh, anyway, so he taught me everything I know about coffee. And obviously I cracked a number of books (laughs) over the years and watched YouTube videos. And and I did talk to other coffee roasters and stuff like that too. But you know, that having that uh, a mentor be like, I don't care what you're doing because I'm not threatened by you. But I, he, he said to me, all coffee people are my kind of people, you know? And so instead of being an ass, he provided me his, um, sorry, I, 
what am I trying to say? He provided me with his time and, mm-hmm. and his attention. And mm-hmm. I, I became a coffee person of my own. And now when people come in here, you can tell by their intention. There's, there's some people that are like, hey, man, like, can I talk to you? How do you roast? Oh, that's uh, exactly it. Well, yeah. no, that's not how you start the right. conversation, right? So, yeah, I think there's, there's merit to both sides. Because, oh, of totally. course, if someone were to come in here and like, yeah, I want to open a coffee shop on Niagara Street. How do you roast? I'm like, I, like I mean, I'm happy to share parts of it, but I'm not going to give you the I'm not going to step by secret, step you know? tell you everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. But it's neat to know that those you, you can be friends with your quote unquote competition. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good. It's the same kind of people. Exactly like he said. It's, it's great. Where can people find your stuff? Um, online on our website. Mm-hmm. It's feederflowerfarm.ca. Um, you can order flowers there. We do pickups. They're contactless at the farm. I have this cute little hut that actually Jay built for our son River as a playhouse mm-hmm. and then I stole. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but you can pick up flowers from um, Tuesdays to Fridays. And um, our flower stand is sometimes open. You can check on Instagram. I kind of open when I feel like it. Sorry. And then, um, yeah. And you can always send us a message. And yeah. Right now, we usually have flowers in store. Maybe you can find them at the Black Sheep coming soon. Very soon. Um, Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, all online. And it's a great, I mean, anyone who's in the area or willing to take the drive, it's just a cool place in general, but the feeder is an awesome drive. The feeder is an awesome drive. And not only that, but right now our flower stand is, we have two driveways. It's like a mm-hmm. horseshoe loop, but um, the flower stands out at the second one without the mailbox. And it happens to be directly beside the Dahlia field, which is an acre of color that I've tried to unsuccessfully plant in an ombre. And it's open to wander. <laughs> I didn't do it correctly. There's white right in the middle and it drives my OCD crazy. <laughs> but you can just wander it. it. Yeah, oh God, yeah right you can wander it take selfies take pictures bring we've had actually we've had a couple photographers out there um but yeah we just ask you to respect the farm and stay in that field but it's kind of um it makes the drive out to Waynefleet a little bit more worth it Mm -hmm. you can see the huge field of color with some really damn cool flowers out there that are bigger than your face so you probably won't see them in the grocery store and it's it's pretty neat Heather, it's been an absolute delight having you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing so many personal stories and getting that deep with us because I really think it helps to add context. It also tells people there's no excuse for your laziness. Like it doesn't matter how crazy your life gets. There's always something positive you can do with it if you're willing to push yourself. Straight up. All right. What the hell? (laughs) Thank you for joining us and we will see you guys next week. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Above the Mug. For more episodes, check us out at AboveTheMug.com. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, review, comment, tag your friends. This way you're not the only person listening to this thing. We come up with a brand new podcast every Sunday at noon, so we'll see you next week on Above the Mug.